I'm Gab, he's Jules. Blue skies over West London. Blue are still in Manchester as they inch yeah. closer to the title. Four goals from Kevin De Bruyne. We're going to get into Incredible. all that. We're going to uh, talk about the Erling Holland transfer. Little, yeah. little, little minor transfer. A few in, transfers have gone through now. You know, at the Yemi. Uh, Karim right. Adeyemi, yes. Not quite the same the level, but hey, sorry, Dortmund fans. But we got to start in the eternal city yes. of Rome. The Coppa Italia final. Inter against Juve. Before we get Inter won, they won the Coppa Italia, vindication for, for, for Inzaghi. Mm-hmm. But I know plenty of incident in the game. I just thought this was a phenomenally yeah. entertaining game. You know, it was the term advert, and Serie A's had to do, make do with a lot of negativity and publicity, most of it well earned for many years. But I thought, man, if we can pull off games like this, you know, uh, we're going someplace. It was gripping. It was really gripping, I thought. Very, very entertaining. The game in itself, you know, the chances creating, because there was a lot of chances. You could have expected maybe a close game where the two teams were a bit cautious. You don't want to give away the lead. But maybe the fact that Inter scored so early, actually yeah. the game had to open up. Because I, I agree. It, it would have been a close game if not for that Barella. Wonderstruck. You, you, you like your techers. Oh, my God. And so early on as well. That's what I like, because... You know, you, you need the confidence to do that so early where maybe maybe you would be a bit more cautious or just pass the ball instead or try something different. But for him to try it after five or six minutes and to finish it like that. And then you're right, Juve then had to go for it. Inter maybe played a bit deeper, but again, that was their way as well of counter-attacking. It was, it was a perfect setup, I think, for the game. Inevitably, because it's Italy, there were two big uh, refereeing decisions which people were unhappy with. Uh, I want to get your take. Marcelo Brozovic pulls back the opponent, he gets a yellow card, and then he kicks the ball away afterwards. Yeah. So people saying, I don't know, he should have gotten two yellow cards, the second one, one for the foul, which he did, yeah. and the second one for kicking the ball away. Uh, hey, so yes. I what do you mean? I, no. Refereeing. I, but I what, what do you mean? There's cards. rules. There are rules, Gab. The second offense is a bookable offense. It's a second yellow. Bookable doesn't mean that you have to book him. No, no. Okay, that, I it's guess that's why the referee didn't book him. Yeah. But if you ask me, sh- could he have been a second yellow? I said, yeah, it could have been a second yellow. Could have been. Could have been. Yeah, no, no. But not should have been. Not like well, to the point that Allegri goes and loses. Allegri getting sent yeah, off later. Yeah, he was very um, tense. And then the other one, of course, uh, I mean, I. Let me provide a little bit of context for those who didn't see the game, but you should go see the highlights. Yeah, definitely. Um, tremendous goal from Barella. Juve come back. Um, the Alexandro goal, uh, which... Okay, Handanovic looks really bad. There was a deflection from Morata. Anyway. But whatever. Yeah, but, yeah Handanovic is on you, that one. Handanovic did make a great save in the first half from, uh, from Vlavic, so maybe they do balance out. Um, Juve go, go 2-1 up. Uh, and then, minutes to go, there's the penalty incident where Lautaro kind of gets stuck between uh, Bonucci and Delict. Yeah. Normal speed that looks 100% like a penalty. Then people slow it down. And then people say, well, look, it's Lautaro who hooks his leg and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. What's your take? I thought it was soft, but even, even, even at normal pace, I have to say. But they shouldn't be taking a decision on slow motion anyway because the referee... The referee sees it, yeah. sees it live. And that was the explanation sees they gave it, about yeah. why VAR didn't intervene. Because when you look at it, like there's no question about the contact, right? Yeah, there, yeah, there's yeah. three different instances of contact. Contact alone does not mean that there's a penalty. That's true. So VAR, what they're instructed to do is to intervene when there's a question of, when there's unseen contact, basically, That's right? right? Uh, or when the referee thinks there's contact and there was no contact. Like the second penalty. Uh, yeah, exactly. Because clearly you can't see it from where he is. Yeah. 
Second penalty, 100% nailed on. Second penalty, Delict gave away. First penalty, stupid, stupid. First penalty, I thought actually for me, more than what Bonucci did, it was Delict has the for first contact. On, yeah, for me, it's Delict as well. I gave away two penalties. Yeah, it is two penalties on Delict. I feel for him. I really like him. Um, the upshot for this, Claudio Marchisio, uh, one of my favorite Juve players of all time. Yeah. It's a short list. Uh, but he came out, uh, the prince, and he said, look, um, it's the first time in 10 years that Juve end the season without a title, mm. uh, without silverware. And in Italy, we do this wonderful thing where we count the Super Cup as if it was... A yeah, but piece that's of- fair. That's fair. Yeah. But, fair. Um, but he said, like, you know, we got to come back and whatever. Does this matter, Allegri not winning su- uh, silverware? I think so. And you saw how... You saw the, the, his sending off. You saw how, how angry he was, how tense he was through the whole game. Uh, and I think, I think he knew how much... There was a stake more than a Coppa d'Italia, which the club has won many times. Yeah. That Inter hadn't won for a long time, but still, I think he knew how much maybe momentum or maybe confidence or maybe just positivity winning it would have, especially against Inter, who beat them in the in the in the Super Cup, beat them in the league as well. So it's three defeats in a row against in a derby like that. I think he knew how much it was there. Jules, I know you love to break down substitutions, so yes. I think- you need to help me a little bit with this one. As you know, I've been very critical of Paolo Dybala asking for so much money. Yep. I've praised Juventus for not giving it to him, which means he's going to leave as a free agent. But I thought he was really good in this game. He set up that chance. Mm-hmm. I, I thought he had his moments. He had a few good what, games in a row now, to be fair. Yeah. What struck me, though, is Dybala came off, I think it was the 99th minute, right? In injury time, Inter have just scored the penalty to make it 3-2. And that's when Allegri decides to send on Moise Ken. Yeah. Fine, you're chasing the game. But then he takes off Dybala. Yeah. That struck me as odd. I, I don't think Dybala had a knock or anything. I know he's played 99 minutes. But, like, Dybala can turn a game and you've got penalties coming on. Yeah. Did yeah. you get that? Yeah, yeah, completely. I was very surprised. Unless there was maybe something that we didn't know, that he felt tired or maybe the... The stats that they have from the GPS said he was not, you know, he was running out of steam, maybe not running as much, right. not sprinting as much. I don't know, anything like that. Because otherwise, I don't see why you would take out maybe your, one of your best players at, that, at a key moment where you're actually chasing the game and you have to come back. It didn't make sense. Like, I didn't think the Bonucci substitution coming on at the 67th minute when you just taken the lead 15 minutes before. When, when I know you're going to be under pressure, but still, you were doing pretty well with the team that you had. So there's no one. It's, again, we go back to the same thing. Even, even without thinking, your team is going to drop deeper and deeper yeah. and deeper and deeper. So he, gave, he was asked about that. He gave an explanation of that. And he said, basically, Perisic was killing us. Uh, Cuadrado couldn't handle Perisic defensively. Uh, and Perisic, by the way, we didn't mention him before, but the second goal was tremendous. Yeah. But... Also, I thought Shalin Oglu's penalty was the best penalty in the game. Well, it was the only penalty in the game. I thought it was really well taken. And then I saw Paris, which is one. Which was better. Which is even better. Oglu could have easily, and even he thinks at some point that he might not go in. Paris, which was always, it was so uh, cool. But, so his argument was, I had to do that so that we could double up on, so we could get Cuadrado help, because Paris, was killing Cuadrado. I think there's other ways. But you know what was? When Danilo got injured, he could have made a more defensive minded substitution, for example, instead of Morata coming on and keeping Dybala, Vlaovic and Morata on the pitch for, you know, for almost an hour. And I was like, okay, I like this. 
I like this. I like that he's he's more proactive. Mm. He's ready to go for it a bit more. And I was, and of course they were they were one down, so I, I get it. But still, knowing Allegri, and then that Bonucci, and I go like, okay, he goes back to what that's what he does, and and I. Uh, yeah, I struggled. I struggled with it. I mean, I, I guess maybe the argument was he wasn't going to take off Vlaovic again, which would have been stupid. Yeah, when yeah. The Dybala thing and and Morata, you know, had come on, but it just it just seemed weird that you know I feel like oh yeah, Moise Ken's going to win this for, for me know, at this stage. I know. Um, one of the one of the things obviously in you as midfield, Locatelli came on, he wasn't fully fit, that's why. Um, they're excited for the future, this guy Miretti, but yeah, yeah. that middle of the park is an area I think that they absolutely need to address going forward. I, I was kind of sort of projecting forward, in fact. But Zakaria, we... you like Zakaria, right? You, you rely on Zakaria. He needs, he, he's arrived in January, so he needs a bit more time, I think, to, to yeah. adapt I, and get I, ready. Look, I think Juve have to play 4-3-3 next year. Right, Chiesa comes back. I mean, when I think of like the definites in this team, people who are 100% in my lineup Chiesa, Vlaovic, yeah. Yeah. somebody on the other side, that's my front three. Maybe it's Morata, maybe not. Yeah. Um, midfield, Zaccaria or a Zaccaria type, Locatelli, and then I need a third midfielder. Maybe it's not Rabio, maybe it's not Archer. Maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe it's Miretti. Maybe Miretti's ready. Maybe, mm -hmm. you know, like Miretti, Fagioli, Rovella. They've got all these young players. Yeah, yeah. That's the direction you want to go in. Go there or bring somebody in. But they got to be part of the solution. And then at the back, because and I'm going to get to this, Chiellini, you know, announced, oh, I'm not changing my mind. Um, I'm moving on. I won't be playing for Juve next year. Yeah. And there's a whole conversation to, to be had about what happens to him. They need a center back. I, I would argue... Possibly, I, I know Alexandro was okay last night. I think Alexandro's been not been good now for several years. I think you need to move on from him. We saw a lot of Pellegrini in the Chilio this year. Is too, that many, your, too many for my liking. That's fine. I, it's, they're not good enough. And right but, back is a problem as well. You can't have Cuadrado. You can't be a serious team to win trophies and have Cuadrado right back. I'm not even sure Danilo is good okay, enough. But the thing is, you can't bring in 10 new players either, right? No, no, no. So, but yeah. would, you, would you agree that the, the, the priorities have to be central midfield, yeah. center back, and yeah. another think, wide player? Yeah, I think a Jorginho type of player might well be Jorginho, by the way. Someone like that who will be able to dictate. I, I don't, I, I, I wouldn't bring in Jorginho no, no, at no, his no, no. age. But I think, I think they might be. They might be tempted by Jorginho or someone. I think it would be someone like Jorginho. This you, is what you need in front of your back four. Because I don't with Zakaria. Yeah, and, and Locatelli. But Zakaria is so much better as a box-to-box -box midfielder anyway. Um, we touched upon Chiellini, um, 39 years old. There's no, I mean, I kind of feel, I know he's been a tremendous servant of the club. Yeah, there's, a, there's an announcement. He had that bad injury. He never thought he'd be coming back. Worriedly going to the World Cup. He might have stuck around, um, but they're right to move on. Now, the interesting thing is, He's been linked to MLS. Vancouver's been mentioned. LAFC's been mentioned. Uh, the club are saying, oh, we have a spot for you reserved as, you know, some kind of front office. Yeah, general ambassador. Manager. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, but it wouldn't be an ambassador. I think, I think he would want more of an executive role. This oh, is right. sorry. Okay. He has yeah, a law yeah. degree, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no, he no, no, thinks he's really clever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It could be. By football standards, I think I he is. I would rather him than Pavel Nedved running my club, for sure. <laughs> 100%. For sure. 
Um, if you're Kilini, what would you do? Would you would you give it a go in MLS? I, I think you know what. Sometimes this season, I've I've questioned how much he wanted to play still. And I know it was a difficult season for Juve in general. I think it was a difficult season for him. But at, at times, he felt like as much as he still loved the defending part of it and you know making the last dish tackle and then celebrating like he scored a goal mm. or that kind of stuff. But at times, I want he looked tired to me, and I wondered if like maybe he felt this is it now. I've had an incredible career, really. I can't really do that and go through that again much. You know, imagine you go, I don't know, he goes to MLS to Vancouver and it's a horrible season where they don't win a game or, you know, I don't know, they, a lot of things can happen in a new league. You don't adapt to the life, you don't adapt to the club, your family is not too happy either. And, and I don't think that's the ending that he would want, right? Yeah, he, he speaks relatively good English for an Italian guy. Um, I think he would view it as a way to learn a new culture, learn from American sports and stuff like that. Um, you know, take his English to a level where he's 100% confident all yeah, the time, yeah. even talking about complex things. But I agree with you. Like, I think there's a football side of it, too. And what mm, we've definitely. seen with older players who go to MLS, I mean, Pilo didn't have a good time when he went to MLS. No. Frank Lampard Jr. didn't have a good Steven Jerry didn't have a good no. time. And those are all technical players. I put a 39-year-old central defender in MLS where I have all these young guys running at a million miles yeah, an hour yeah, yeah. all around you. He's not, you know, he's not Beckenbauer. He's not very good on the ball. No. So he's not going to be a difference maker that way. It's not going to be like, you know, the old guy, let's put him in the back, calm the defense down, leave <laughs> yeah, the game to yeah, sweeping. Yeah. He can't do that. You know, he doesn't sweep. He just yeah. puts the ball out. You know? <laughs> so, and, he's and then I think MLS plays through the summer. Dude, do you want that? Do you yeah, want no break? I and agree, like, I agree. Uh, it doesn't. I don't. Yeah, I don't see him going there. But but like you said, I, I, however, I see him having a big role in an, in an exec position to play for Juve. I think I think that would be brilliant. Juve have said the door is always open to him. Um, now the interesting thing is, which Juve is it? The Agnelli Nedved Juve, yeah, bit saying it, or is it, you know. Cousin, uh, cousin John, <laughs> and those people, and Eddie Bene. So, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think because I think that there's still, even though they obviously deny it, I think there's still um, a, a sense of division at the club. Mm, right? Definitely. There's a sense of people saying, "Okay, Andrea, you've done this for a long time. We're in the situation now. Thank you, but let's put some grown-ups in the room." Which is why Eddie Bene is there. Yeah, yeah. Um, going to Dybala, Inter said, "Oh well." Dubal is a great player, but you know we like the players that we have. If he comes down from the crazy salary demands, and I think he's going to have to he because will, nobody's going to get him. And you've got this, this Alexis Sanchez salary slot, and you have yeah. the Arturo Vidal salary slot, yeah. and you have the Eden Jekyll. I, I don't yeah. know. If, I think Jekyll might have another year, but yeah, still, but it won't be there for long anyway. Should you consider it? Definitely. But you does have it? To. You take Pepe Marotta's work with him before. It's it's one where you know the risk. It's almost you know the pros and you know the cons before you do it because you've been there before. And I think if if you're ready to take a gamble through it, I think go for it. It will maybe give you more of the pros than the cons one season. Maybe the other season will be the other around where he'd be injured for two thirds of the season or a third of the season. And when he plays, he's not really as effective as he should be or as good as he should be. But if if financially it works for you as a club, for Inter as a club, if Simone Inzaghi can see him because, you know, it's it's not the Jekyll Lautaro, if Lautaro even stays, but 
this is not that kind of partnership. It'd be no. a different partnership that they would have to work on to make Lautaro and Dybala play well with each other, which is, is very doable. But it's no longer a, a front two. It's a one plus one. Yeah, if exactly. Plays. And exactly. you could see Dybala setting up Lautaro. And then maybe you get another big striker as an alternative. Maybe Who knows? Maybe Pinamonti comes back. But you would also think that with the wing-backs, there would be also a lot for Dybala to score as a second striker, coming maybe a yeah. bit later into the box. And, and so there would be, that would be great. So I've got no doubt it would go there. Do you agree there's no real market outside of Italy, Italy. at I those numbers? Believe, I don't believe so. Yeah, definitely. No, I, he, he's Which stuck. is maybe surprising. Maybe it's a bit surprising. I mean, the clubs that he gets linked with, right? He gets linked with Manchester United yeah, because everybody that, gets linked with Manchester United. That yeah. ain't happening, right? No. Not now, but they're committed to 4-3-3, you assume, yeah. with Ten Hag. Um, he gets linked with PSG because of everybody course. gets linked with PSG. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, but I think with Leonardo gone, there's no chance. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, he's not gone yeah, yet. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Um, he gets linked to Spurs. Uh, but again, if Spurs are going to make Kulusevsky's deal permanent, why would they be interested sure. in... Yeah. And also, he would want to play Champions League football and all that kind of stuff, rightly and rightly so. And if Spurs don't qualify for it, which would be a problem not just for him, but for a lot for of Spurs. Think, <laughs> recruitment. Yeah, the recruitment that Conte wants to do. So, um, Final word on Inter and Inzaghi. Um, I was really pleased for him. Really. I was pleased with him too. So, I, just to paint slightly, a like picture of Simone Inzaghi. Simone Inzaghi is from Piacenza, which is very, very close to where one part of my family is from. And when I hear him talk, the... The, the way he speaks, the accent, like I, I kind of, you know, hear my cousins and yeah. stuff like that. And he was always kind of, it's really funny because his older brother, of course, people in Zaghi. And he was always the less, and it didn't make any sense, right? He's more, he was not, neither one's particularly handsome, but he's more yeah, handsome. He's more handsome than his brother. More handsome than his brother, right? Yeah, yeah definitely. He was a much better player, technically, than his brother, than his brother right? Yeah, more yeah, gifted, yeah. more skillful, yeah, stronger. Yeah. But his brother is a, becomes a cult hero. Yeah, right? more successful than him. Yeah, I mean, uh, Bobo Vieri, there was a summer hit a few years ago uh, where uh, Christian Vieri teamed up with a DJ to, to make the song about Pippo Inzaghi, about how, like, you know, we all aspire to, to be him because his life is all um, <laughs> sex, yoga, and rock and roll. And it yeah. really is. That's yeah, Pippo Inzaghi. That's exactly. Whereas you're kind of like the goofy guy. <laughs> oh, I love you that. have to go replace Conte after losing Hakimi and Ericsson and Lukaku. Yeah. People are like me, and yet all season long he hit the ground running. They've played great football. Yeah. He's developed players. Whether you know, I think, but I think Brozovic is is played Fantastic. out of this world all season long. Even Perisic for a thirty-three. Perisic, uh, Bastoni's really grown this yeah. year. Yeah. Um, Champions League was good. You if, know? Even even Chal- something like like Chalanoglu, who you know I was skeptical about. I'm like, hey, he's just coming for the money. He's kind of packed it in. No, he knew what buttons to push to yeah. motivate him. Very true. Very um, true. So, even if they don't, I'm glad that he's won silverware. Even if they don't win the title, and this stage it looks like it's going to the other half of Milan, a big shout out to to Simone and Zagging to the team. Definitely. Word on Perisic after the game, his contract, he becomes a free agent. Yeah. After the game, and obviously Inter have already, they they, they were smart. Yeah. They signed Christians to replace him, right? Indian. They were smart. They, 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 they took a page from the Liverpool playbook. Yeah, like, exactly. Let's sign the guy to give us some leverage in the but negotiations. But do you think they didn't expect Perisic to finish the season so strongly? And now they're like, uh-uh, can we really afford to let Perisic go? Maybe there's a little bit of that. Maybe it helped motivate Perisic. Perisic afterwards says, well, you know, if I'm one of the most important players, it's not really respectful that they're waiting so long to offer me Which a new contract. Which is a good point. It's a fair point. It's a fair, fair point. But equally... You know, there's a reality. 
if Perisic wants two, three years, he's yeah, only yeah, 23 yeah, years yeah, old. Yeah, no. You know, he's got to be realistic about yeah, that. Yeah, and that's true. I think Inter have that insurance policy. You know who would be really happy with the goal that he scored, not the penalty, the second one? It's Pep Guardiola, who always says that when the ball arrives from your left, you should control it with the inside of your right foot, regardless if you're right-footed or left-footed. And Perisic, who is obviously right now maybe the most two-footed player in the big five leagues. Ooh, Kevin De Bruyne might come, come around Bruyne, your house. Yeah, okay, them two together. <laughs> but controls it with his inside of his right foot when the ball comes from yeah. the left and then hits it with the, the laces of his left foot, which is, which is perfect. But I think a lot of left footers, for example, would have control it with the outside of the left foot and you lose precious seconds. And right footers would have maybe control it with the right foot but try to hit it with the right. And I thought the, com the combo of inside right foot, laces left foot for the goal was just... Okay, I'm pretty sure Pep Guardiola wasn't watching because he was probably celebrating. But yeah, but you know the highlights. I'm sure he watched the highlights. But you know he made he, he still today makes the team his players work on control with the inside of the foot when the ball comes from the opposite <laughs> side, which I find amazing. Well, City lost Benjamin Mundy, right? Um, yeah, that's a good point. I'm wondering. I know he doesn't do short-term solutions, yeah. but. Who knows? He's a free oh agent, God, cheap love, and cheerful. I love Bring him to Chiki, City. Get, 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 for, this one is for you, it's Chiki. It's a competition for, uh, uh, for, for, for your man Zinchenko. Why not? Exactly. I love that. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing. However you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launcher online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million dollar stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify is your no excuses business partner. Sell without needing to code or design. Just bring your best ideas and Shopify will help you open up shop. What I love about Shopify is how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash gabjewels, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash g-a-b-j-u-l-s now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash gabjewels. All right, enough Coppa Italia. How about some quick hits instead, Let's Jules? Go, Gab. Kevin De Bruyne scores four as Manchester wow. City destroy Wolves on the road, 5-1. Jules, you love your techers. You love this. The I third do. goal. I do, I do. Uh, the third goal, especially that left, that left foot, foot uh, shot. I, he could have had five. He could have had six, maybe even. I mean, he hit the Raheem post. Sterling could have had a hat trick. Yeah, true. Far too open from Wolves' point of view. I was like, what are you doing? I mean, I know City scored early, but even that first goal... The, 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 it was far too easy for City and, yeah, I, and I just should have had a penalty though yeah maybe but still I, I, I thought they made it far too easy for City to, right. you know, to play into City's hands really and in the Burner's hands who, who clearly was on fire well done to him well done to, to City to show that kind of character again after the, uh, the win at the weekend and now they go again away at West Ham which that's really the one where if they don't lose I mean, obviously any points now even if they did I still think they would see, uh, see it out at the last uh, game of the season. So, well done, KDB. More good news for City Gab as Erling Haaland will join next season. So, in the end, he's getting the brown wages for five years, so which is £400,000 a week. 
are 23 million euros a year, including the bonuses gap, plus a 60 million release clause, which I was told that maybe can go up a little bit as well with incentive and a reported 40 million euros in commission. Is that good value, right? It's a big package, but we knew it would be a big package. It's a big package. It's not the 350 million package that some people wrote about. Um, now, there's, there's a lot of numbers floating out there. 40 million to me sounds very reasonable commissions. Maybe there's more. Uh, obviously, Maybe. some of it, some of it goes to Erling Holland's dad, yeah. um, which ultimately you presume one day will flow to um, will, will flow to Erling himself. I think this is ridiculous value. I wrote, a, I wrote a piece about this and I tried to, all right, let me try to figure out the reasons why this could go wrong, right? Let me be balanced and look at both sides, right? Mm. I really struggle. I, I, I can't, I mean, other than the guy getting injured, I think this is just a tremendous deal that, that you had to do. Um, you know, in the end, he's going to get lower. He's, he's costing you less in wages than Mbappe is going to cost Real Madrid, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, even if it's forty million in commission, it's a hundred million package yeah, overall. Yeah. The release um, clause is the one. Really, he's a he's a hundred fifty million player easily. Or yeah, or if if, if not more. Um, football wise, how does it? People say, oh, the link up play, the big strike. People said, oh, but look, look what happened when Pep had Ibrahimovic. Well, I'm sorry, Pep got Ibrahimovic when Ibra was twenty seven years old. He was already fully formed uh, yeah. as a footballer. Pep was much younger then. Um, he was a lot less. You know, he's a lot less experienced and mature than he is now as a manager. Um, so, no, there's no comparison. Erling Holland's 21. He's not fully formed yet. People say, oh, his link-up play is not great. Well, first of all, he was at a Muppet Show car crash of a club at Borussia Dortmund before this. True. Secondly, true. we know he can pass. We know he has vision because we've seen him do it. If you need to want to ask him to drop off and play as a Phil Foden, Bernardo Silva center forward, yeah, he's not a force nine kind of. But he can he can try to you can, he can yeah, try yeah. to do that. There's, I mean, imagine the My, mismatches he creates against a no, central midfielder. You know, like the issue I have, well, it's not an issue, but the question I have is more that he scores a lot of goals on quick attacking transitions, which are not going to happen as often with City in the Premier League than he would with Dortmund in the Bundesliga. A lot, he scored 85 in 88 games right. in total. A lot of those, he's using the power and the run and then he gets the ball in behind and then he finishes because he's an amazing finisher. That kind of space is not going to happen all the time in the Premier League or as regularly as in the Bundesliga. So the ball will come in a different way and he would have to maybe work on, on his heading and things Which like that. Which he can still improve? Yeah, yeah I no don't problem. The, the thing that amazes me the most is that Pep has gone for Pep for Pep has gone for Hurricane before, then for Cristiano, and now for Holland. Three completely different profiles. Yeah. I mean, so, you can say that maybe Holland is, is in the middle of the two. I would say the Cristiano. So, but what, the, kind, what kind of profile are you looking for? Okay, so the Cristiano deal, I don't think was ever was totally half-hearted. I'm not even sure if it was ever real. Right. Um, look, okay, but he still looked I, like. They I, were I think talking. the Cristiano deal was as much about let's get let's let's bring him here, work it out later. This way, we know somebody else doesn't get him. Okay, maybe Harry Kane. Did. The idea was clearly Kane is a nine and a ten and whatever. Yeah. You know, I don't think I think Holland can become Harry Kane when he was Holland's age wasn't the Harry Kane he is now in terms true. of the style of play. That's true. That's but, true. Jules, let me gloat a little. When I talked about how City went into the season with 19 senior outfield pros, uh, then lost Mendy and Ferran Torres and didn't replace them, and how it might be a problem, some people who will go unmentioned yeah. mocked me, oh, how could you say City don't have depth? Okay, okay, all right, all right, Holmes, let's talk about this. Ruben Diaz, out. John Stones, out. Kyle Walker, out. Fernandinho and Emmerich Laporte, uh, doubtful. Yeah. Okay, 
We're in CJ Egan Riley territory. It might not cost them, but it might cost them. You don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. Right? That's true. You and I can play if Pep needs players. You know, we, we're ready. We fit. If, if they lose the title tonight. because of this, this is going to be a big thing. I know, but we go back to the discussion that we had at the time. You can't always plan either for 100,000 injuries through a season. Do you know what I mean? If you start with four centre-backs, this should be enough, even okay. if Fernandinho is the fourth one. All right, most How many Premier League squads have season? 22 outfield players. But they have players. four centre-backs gap. They don't have more than four centre-backs. So what you, like, you know, if you play with a back four, how many centre-backs do you want? You have a full-back who can be a reserve, who, who can play at centre-back. Yeah, I guess so. so. Nathan Aki but, is the reserve left back, and he's uh, and and he's also he's also the reserve right wing. Yeah, you, yeah. You, you, you see what I'm saying? Yeah, like, no, no, I see, I see, I see. It's, but you might, it could cost I, them. But it was still who knows? Who knows? Liverpool get scared as they go a goal down on Tuesday night away to Aston Villa, but then get the win across the line. Gab Klopp rotated his squad again. Well, this tells me is that a. He's thinking bigger picture, and it's the right thing to do. You've got an FA Cup to win. You have a Champions League title to win. You cannot put all your eggs in this basket. Run Mane and Thiago Alcantara into the ground. And Flip yeah, side of that, and, and Mo Salah, the, the way Salah's been playing recently. Eh. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I know like, there were all these people so, like, on social media saying, oh, Villa lay down for him with all those ex-Liverpool players. I'd be a little bit scared by the number of chances that Villa created, Danny Ings and Completely. stuff like that. Um, but whatever, they got the three points, live to fight another day. Kylian Mbappe, Ashraf Hakimi, Sergio Ramos, and Keylor Navas, they all decide to leave Paris and go to Madrid to have lunch. That's right. What is going on with the state of restaurants in Paris? Can you not get a decent meal there anymore? You can. They just wanted tapas. Ashraf Hakimi and his brother, who was also It wasn't a tapas restaurant they went but, to. No, no, no. But uh, said, I've got a better idea. I can bring you to this very special place in Madrid. And off they went. They had a day off. Uh, they came back the same night. There was no meeting with Real Madrid. I'm sorry, Real Madrid fans. Uh, that doesn't mean he won't, he won't sign for your club, but that, that time was not for that. Uh, guess, who was in, in, guess who was in Madrid as well that same day? Who that? Nasser Al Khalifi. Oh, they didn't invite him to lunch with them, did they? No, no, No. for ACA meetings and stuff like that. (laughs) UEFA Executive Committee have finalized plans for the expanded Champions League from 2024, Gab. Compared to the earlier plans, there will be eight group stage games and not 10, as uh, it was planned already uh, before in the uh, Swiss model, the new Swiss model. And two of the extra four spots will go to the best performing leagues the previous season, rather than the two clubs with the highest coefficient. Which is still going to favor the, the biggest league, you would think, right? Because usually... Well, yeah, yeah. If it was next season, you know who would get them? Uh, England and Holland? England and Holland, yes. Holland, that perennial powerhouse. Um, no, no, it's not always like that. No, look, there's a real politic to this. Um, and this is certainly better than simply giving it to the two clubs with the highest coefficients for stuff they might have done two, three, four, five years ago. Yeah. Uh, it provides an extra incentive I think for the leagues, you might see this weird thing where, you know, how, for example, like, you know, should Liverpool fans, you know, should they have been supporting Man City in Europe or whatever? Well, now we know, right? In terms of self-interest, probably. Um, But uh, it's a compromise. Everything is a freaking compromise at this stage. This is what the game has begun. You got to balance the money coming in. And otherwise, the clubs say, no, we're going to walk. It's as simple as that. Jules, we're both going to the Champions League final yeah. in Paris, but many fans of Real Madrid and Liverpool won't be able to because of the 75,000 seats available, just 39,236 
are going to the two clubs. And obviously both Real Madrid and Liverpool are annoyed. Um, this has prompted UEFA boss Alexander Cheferin to keep, pick up the phone and call Jurgen Klopp. Yeah, Klopp was critical with the um, the way the tickets were divided, if you want, with a lot of corporate ones, with a lot of hospitality as well. There's 12,000 tickets that are going to go on general sale, so anyone can buy them. Liverpool fan, Real Madrid fan, cool. people in Paris. Yeah, and it's the same way anybody on Ticketmaster can buy the M&M tickets, yes. No, I know. If you have a bot and you get there well, yeah, just yeah, when they yeah. open. Yeah, it's not going to be easy. I didn't say it was going to be <laughs> easy, but still, anyone, and you know, it's a general sale. I can understand the frustration and may, maybe there's a few more tickets they could have made available, but let's not forget that some sponsors pay a lot of money to UEFA, which then gives a lot of money to the clubs that play in the Champions League. That's why this, this is the most lucrative competition in the world. And that pays for a lot of the players and managers wages as well and yeah. transfer for the it, clubs it, it seems like such demagoguery when people just come out and go oh greedy UEFA blah 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 like, I know, but first of all all the sale of the tickets by the way the tickets that get sold goes back to the club it's like 93.5% yeah, of it yeah. for the Champions League so you spit on the hands that feed you right in well, a way completely because it's the sponsors it's, it's the clubs that go to UEFA and say you need to make more money more revenue that's why we that's why we're going to you know eight group games instead of six right yeah. because otherwise we're going to leave we're going to form our own league and keep all the money for ourselves right exactly so then when they do that and, and that also means you need to sell more sponsorship and the sponsors want the tickets as part of it because they have competitions because they have their clients their entertainment it. I, it's it's a messed up system but and, look, and I'm certainly not blaming Klopp for it Klopp didn't no, create the system not. and I don't blame him for highlighting the fact that a lot of fans are upset about this but you need to have the, the same fans who shout at their clubs when they don't go and sign that 100 million pound player yeah. those are the ones who say you know what what makes a 100 million pound player possible is stuff like this. Exactly. We need to fix the whole system and look at the system as a whole. The prize money from the Champions League comes from... Sponsors. <laughs> Sponsors, yeah. exactly. Borussia Dortmund announced that they've secured Salzburg striker Karim Adeyemi for 38 million euros uh, for next season. But, Gab, they infringed my copyright in doing so. Come That's on. right, because who is the dream? There's only one Kareem who is the dream. That, that's Benzema, not exactly. Dayimi. I know, I know. That that was disappointing. <laughs> 30 million sounds like a lot of I To me, it sounds like quite a lot of money, you think? frankly. And he looked good and everything. I, I'm I'm surprised it wasn't more structured. But I guess they knew they had the Holland money coming. Yeah. And so Salzburg... And there were uh, the clubs interested. So I think that raised the money as well. Uh, Barcelona beat Celta Vigo 3-1 and that man Usman Dembele sets up two goals yeah. we know now Barcelona finishing, finishing second we, we don't know if Dembele is coming back although I have a hunch that he will yeah me too me too although uh, there are other clubs in, interested and PSG obviously being one of them for obvious reasons I think he's had 15 starts in La Liga this season and 13 assists and he's been playing well he's been playing more he's more consistent he's more mature in his game we've said that many times on the show I think this is a good time for him he's still only 25 years old so this, there's a lot more and better to come from Ousmane Dembele than what we've seen so far especially if he can continue like this if I was him or I'm not Musa Sissoko, the agent, but if I, if I was, and I would advise him to stay. But it's not my call. Stay, take a pay cut with hefty bonuses. Xavi yeah. works lyricals about him. Yeah. Be there, it's a good place. Sticking with Barcelona, those Robert Lewandowski stories, Gab, still linger. Build in Germany, reporting now that he's upset that the club, as in, you know, chased Haaland as possible replacement. Yeah, remember Jan Agafjortov telling us that, you know, they were, uh, they were rank outsiders, but they yeah. still had to go. But he can be upset about it. 
Holland's not coming. He's going to City. Yeah. You got the gig for another year. Ask yourself, do I want to stay or do I want exactly, to go? Exactly, yeah. I'm not, as of right now, You can't Barcelona, really blame Bayern for, you know, trying to get the you, highest prospect. You got to be realistic here. Yeah. Um, I don't think Lewandowski would be right for Barcelona. I think Lewandowski at that age is a final piece of the puzzle type of guy. And I think Barcelona aren't there yet. And I think it would cost a lot of money. They would have to sell people to do it. I don't, I mean, it costs a lot of money in wages, obviously, in contracts. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. And Zahavi as well. So, for me, it's very simple. Like, Barcelona, forget the Lewandowski. If you need to, local media needs to, we in the media need to do it to keep selling papers, fine. But <laughs> come on, man. Like, and, and Leva, stay, take another year. You're happy there. And that's it. Yeah. Atletico Madrid all but secure their spot in the top four with a 2 0 win over Elche Jules. This is really important financially. Yeah. Good news for Barca, too, because it means that they can afford to keep Antoine Griezmann <laughs> now and won't send him back. Or will they? Will they? That's the thing. I think they will, but still no goal. You think they will send Griezmann back? No, sorry. I think they will. I think Atletico will keep uh, Griezmann, pay the 40 million or whatever uh, to to Barcelona. I think they have another year before they need to pay that. Yeah, exactly. So this is the second year of the loan. He still hasn't scored for now 15 or 16 games in a row. Why would they keep Griezmann? Because at some point he's going to come back. Because I think that... You can really screw up Barcelona if you send them back. Okay, Luis Suarez is gone, right? Right. And you have Joao Felix, you've got Cunha, you've got Correa. Well, yeah, well, and Griezmann. And, he, you know, you can play all different style of football, different formation. He will stay there. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Gab. Just go to Indeed.com slash Gab right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Gab. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Chelsea win 3 0 at Leeds United. Romelu Lukaku scores again and uh, bearing a catastrophe, secure a place in next season, Champions League. Normal service resuming for Thomas Tuchel, or were you not completely convinced? I think normal service in the sense that this was, I think, the minimum goal, and obviously they've got the FA Cup, which would be an extra boost for them, and they reach the League Cup final. Uh, Mason Mount scored a great goal. That's pretty normal. Yeah. But um, can't judge anything on this game when the opposition goes down to 10 men so early. And who do you think should start? Up front in the FA Cup final, then Lukaku is on good form, and you said we said the other day that you still expect Harvards to to be the one starting. Yeah, but they expected Harvards to get some minutes in. He didn't play at the weekend. So strange. He didn't play in midweek. Um, he was on the bench last night. I don't yeah. know if he had a knock, was recovering from it. But to me, is it ideal to go in cold without having played in two weeks in a final? I mean, it's a bit strange. I think it, it's an odd one. I wonder if he's planning on. I'm playing Lukaku, but in terms of who should start, for me, and they haven't, they've hardly played together, but for me, it should be Lukaku, Havertz, and uh, and Mount. Mount together. Let's, yeah, let's yeah, lose yeah. this Timo Werner, like nonsense idea, oh, he gives you shift or whatever. Like, no, the other two guys will do it too. Thank you. Sticking with Leeds, they're in the relegation zone, 
Now, it would be churlish of me to point out, but it will be churlish, that they were not in the relegation zone yeah. when Jesse Marsh took over. Yeah. So, Jules, should we be blaming Jesse? Not just him. I think he's been, again, unlucky. But Bielsa was with injuries, with fitness in general, uh, losing people like Shu Dallas for the whole... <laughs> remaining of the season, for example. It's not him who go and do silly tackles like Luke Ayling and like Dan James either. This and like, let's mention him man. too, Calvin Phillips tackle. And Calvin that was Phillips, the worst. That was, that the, was worst. the worst of the three. And this is the guy you're looking to for leadership, exactly. by the way. And that's not Jesse March's fault. No, it's maybe, not Jesse March's fault. Maybe he lacks a bit of leadership. Maybe I think they thought they were safe. You know, when they won those two games in, in added time each time, the Wolves game and the Norwich game where they thought, okay, we should be okay now, not expecting that Burnley and Everton will get those wins when they didn't. I don't know. But now it's, it's tricky. You know, they're, I, point, they're level on point with Burnley, but with the game in hand, that they've played one game more. They're one point behind Everton or two points behind Everton now who will also have a game more to play. It's not looking good. I think they're going to be okay because I... I you know, you're quite I, optimistic I, it's, there. It's more of a sense that, you know, People say, oh, they're too open, they're too open. Well, in football, you get three points for a win. And if I had to guess who is more likely to win games by gambling a little bit, it's Leeds. Um, yeah. But even then, but if he does go down, this is the million-dollar question. Do you, I mean, I've been told that you keep if him. he goes down, they're going to keep course, him. You, they should, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. Sevilla should be okay too for the Champions League after a nil-nil draw with Mallorca. But Gab, the fans are unhappy with Julian Lopetegui as they won just one of the last five games and are limping to the finish line. That, this was an ugly game. This was it was an ugly game. They had their chances. They didn't convert yeah, them. I think they'd be feeling differently if they'd won it. Um, your boy Martial, or the lesser spotted Martial, yeah. as uh, uh, Dermot Corrigan, uh, our colleague um, from The Athletic, called him. <laughs> that was really funny. Look, um, I think he's a great manager. I don't know what they're expecting for him. Um, they haven't been good with the ball all season, though. I thought they were good at the start of the year. I thought they were, they, they were better. The, the squad was, was stretched. I see no reason why you should change Lopetegui oh, for somebody else. No, yeah, not that. You know, yeah, not that. Um, but there are people there who really want him gone because they think Sevilla belongs even higher. Uh, look, they're going to finish third, I think. Yeah. And I think that's good. Yeah, I think it's a good season for Sevilla. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Clément Turpin. Well done. Did I pronounce it correctly? Yeah. Very yeah. good. Will referee the Champions League final? Jules, help get Real Madrid and Liverpool fans excited. Well, not really, because I, I never really thought he was a good referee. But hey, he refereed the Europa League final last season, for example, between Manchester United and, and Villarreal. Maybe this is a good omen for Spanish clubs, more than English clubs. Um, uh, but I'm not the biggest fan, I have to be honest here. But what could go wrong? You know, it's, it's a French, French referees are... And he's playing at home. He's playing at home, so he won't have to try. <laughs> You'll have the support of the home exactly. crowd. <laughs> Celtic are champions of Scotland. Gab, well done to them. And your boy, Ange Postecoglou, is vindicated. Well done to him. Yeah, well done. Because, look, I, I've, I've had the privilege of spending a little bit of time with him. I did a piece for ESPN a few years ago. I think he's a phenomenal, he phenomenal a character. He's a great guy. 
He's honest. He's direct. He's humble. Yeah. I think he tries to play. You can he's tell. passionate. He tries to play really good football. Um, and when he moved to Scotland, you know, people are like, oh, ooh, who's this Muppet from Australia? Look. And he's got a funny last name. And he's, you know, he's Greek. And, you know, he tells a great story about, because you know, he comes from an immigrant family, big yeah. Greek community in, uh, in Australia. Melbourne, I think, is, is where he grew up. And he goes to school in, like, the suburbs of, and, you know, he's, like, the only kid, like, with the funny Greek name, or funny to other people, not funny to him. And um, everybody has Marmite sandwiches. And, like, you know, he, like, opens his lunch, and he's got, like, moussaka. And, 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 and he's, like, you know, well, he's not Lebanese, Jules. I know, he but uh, halloumi is in Greece as well. But he's, like, he's like, why can't I be like the other kids, you know? And he kind of, it's, it's a great, I, I think it's a great story. I oh, think he's a great guy. Success. Let's not forget, by the way, Dude won the Asian Cup a couple mm. years ago, which yeah. is which is not nothing. Celtic. He's not Mr. Nobody from nowhere. Nowhere. Celtic finished 25 points behind Rangers last season. So. Exactly. Respect. Respect, exactly. as our boy would say. Exactly. More champions, Jules. Well, this time it's Ajax and Eric Ten Hag who win the Eredivisie after 5-0 win over Hare and Vane. That's right. 36, I think, I believe, titled in their history. Uh, another one for him, of course. He got... Yeah, I, thought, I thought it was a good title race with PSV. We mentioned the PSV Feyenoord game uh, on, on the last show. and We're going to mention it in the next quick gonna, hit. In, so. the, in the next question as well. But well done to Ajax. What a way to leave. To be fair, the, the Champions League was disappointing in that elimination against Benfica. But in terms of... And the fact that they also lost the, uh, the, the cup final. But in terms of the league, this is where you expect them to, to do, to win. They did it. Well done. And now let's see how many players leave in the summer because I think it could be a very, very different team next season. What, what I like about the work that he's done, um, and I think, it's, I think it's a credit to Ten Hag, is if you watch the Ajax team, which, let's face it, if you don't follow the Eredivisie, right, the last time you might have seen Ajax uh, is in the year that they had the run in the Champions League yeah. a few years ago with De Jong and uh, Donny van der Beek and whatever. Um, they play a very different football. The movement of the, of, of the fullbacks is different. Yeah. It's very, very noticeable. Yeah, yeah, because they have a target man like Sebastian Aller, which he didn't have then. Um, so he's evolved. He's evolved yeah, with the players. Yeah. He's not one of those dogmatic. stereotypical dogmatic yeah. coaches. And um, I think he's going to need that flexibility at United. Yeah, completely. And Gab, we mentioned PSV. They finished second. But at least they got an apology from the Eredivisie after what happened at the weekend and the penalty on Mauro Jr. Yeah, look, I talked about this on Monday. Um, Mauro Jr. turns his back, his arm is by his side, the yeah. ball hits his arm, and still they give a penalty and PSV draw 2-2, which in the end means that the titles are decided one week early as opposed to the last day of the season, which would have been better. Credit to the RDVZ for apologizing and saying we got it wrong. I would hate it, though, because what good does it make now? I'm so sorry, but like the mistake was so. You know, we can't have it both ways. We can't ask. No, for I know, but I like it that they apologize because if we're human, we made a mistake. I know, but it's easy not to say that and say, "Oh, sorry." It cost them a title. Potentially. It's not easy. If it were easy, you'd have some of these muppets who referee uh, in the Premier League, in Serie A, in La Liga, apologizing. How, how often do Moss? we get a? By the way, how about with John Moss this Honestly, week? the I whole mean, thing. It looks like an old age home. Moss and Dean and uh, the other one, like, ambling around uh, the pitch. Man. Seriously, no, like, I... He should have retired five years ago. No, and even, like, well, do we want to go to Paul Tierney? Come on, man. Let's yeah. just leave that to one side. <laughs> Spurs and Arsenal kick off in a few hours, but in the meantime, it's Gabriel Jesus' agent who is talking. He yeah. says, he said, talks with Arsenal. Would he be a good solution for Mikel Arteta? 
So he's got one year left on his contract. If you get if you get it from good money, I think he's a, he's a good player to have in your squad. He's a we mentioned it before, but he's he's very athletic in the sense that he runs and he presses. He gets that. He's a he's a collect he's a team player. Very much he would defend and you know would do the extra effort and go the extra run. As we said as well, you know we're not convinced either of us by him as a number nine purely. I don't think he can score you 25 goals right. a season. However, he can play. He's, he's quite versatile. He can play centrally as a second striker, as a lone striker. He can play wide as well. I think he's a useful player to have in you in your squads if you don't pay too much for him. Yeah, I, you nailed it. He, if he comes to Arsenal, yeah. for me, he's a reserve winger behind Saka and Martinelli or, or, or maybe even he's number four yeah. behind Smith Rowe. Maybe Nicolas Pepe is going to have a resurrection. and he's gonna Maybe, be, but you still need but, a top, top okay, striker so, to come with him. But it's not him. Yeah, no, it's no, not no him. to come with him. So, I mean, for me, he's a good signing if you get him for very little, if you get him for reserve. It's all about resource yeah, allocation in football. Exactly. If you have a budget and you spend your budget on the center forward that you need. You do not spend it on him because he's not no. the center forward. You're the, get him for 20 million, him. get Tammy Abraham for 80, and you're very happy. <laughs> yeah, Tammy Abraham. Manchester United keep getting linked to Frankie de Jong. Does that make sense to you, Gab? I mean, to me, this is one of those two plus two situations, right? I don't think Frankie de Jong has been anywhere near as poor for Barcelona this year as he's not had a great season, but he's not been anywhere near no. as poor. It seems like when things are going bad, it was always yeah, his fault, so right? Then it, yeah. um, but more importantly, from Barcelona's perspective, they have a bunch of older guys who make a lot of money and nobody wants, and they have a bunch of younger guys that they don't want to sell. And they have these major, major salary restrictions, although yeah. it looks like the Coutinho deal is done, so at least you get some yeah, money back there. Yeah, at least that's a good thing for them. Um, Frankie de Jong is one of their very few saleable assets. Uh, I'd assume you get something for Serginho Dest, but the reality is you've got a bunch of guys who, yeah, you know, you, could get, you could get money for Araujo, but you don't want to sell Araujo, right? No. Who else are you going to get money for? Nobody, yeah. right? Other than Pedri, whatever, you're not going to sell those. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. The ones so, possibly Memphis. and But I sometimes feel like I am the biggest Memphis fan uh, there is. You may be on your own. Yeah, but I'm uh, Equally, Ten Hag's worked with De Jong before, and obviously De Jong happens to play central midfield, which is a position where, you know, you've got tumbleweed other than Fred. Yeah. You know, and sorry, McTominay, but I think at this stage we can come to the conclusion that I'm not sure McTominay is a starter on a good Manchester United team. Do Definitely you? not. I can, okay. I can so, agree with you. So, um, in that sense, it all makes a ton of sense. The question is, what does Eric Ten Hag think? Yeah. Um, if he's already trying to re rehabilitate Donny van de Beek as well, uh, is there a sense of getting the gang back to, to, together? Certainly, if you're United, you go for him. You try to drive the price down. Barcelona paid a ton of money for him. Yeah. Um, so, for Barcelona, even with amortization, to try to get... To, to, to make a profit off this and they would want to make a sizable profit yeah. you'd still be looking at what 80 million yeah. something like that maybe a little bit less but not it's a lot of money less. to spend yeah. for De Jong uh, for this De Jong yeah it's Champions League spot running time in Ligue 1 the most wonderful time yeah. of the year now let's assume what? that Marseille are finishing second okay. I think we can do that yeah they're on yeah, 68 okay. points so you know it's not mathematical who you got for the third spot your candidates are Monaco, yeah. Nice, and Rennes. I think Monaco have the momentum. Incredible. They've won 18-8. The last time they, they had such a strong end of the season was obviously the season they won the league with, with Kylian and Jardim and, and Falcao when they won the last 12 league games, which is an incredible run when you think about it. They're on 8. They can obviously go to 10 if they beat Brest at home and then Lens away. And I think 
they obviously are two points clear of Nice and three of Rennes. So I think they... They, they have a better run-in too, right? Yeah, I mean, they, they, they they're, they're playing in. Brest, which isn't actually a football team. It's a female body part. So uh, they should be good, right? Yeah, yeah. Nice have Lille who are in Desiree and then Reims and then Rennes have Marseille and Lille. I mean, for the only thing that can change this and make it even better gap is if Rennes this weekend can beat Marseille at the Roison Park. Because that, that would mean that But Rennes lost in midweek, which surprised me because I would have thought, you yeah. guys really need the points. How do you screw this they up They were 1-0 up as well and not, but not just walking on water. But the big key here is the Rennes-Marseille the Rennes game on uh, Saturday. If Rennes win that, then I think it's, it's anybody's, it's anybody's uh, guest who can finish second and third even. Right, I love this story, Gab. I think it's fascinating. But FIFA said it will investigate complaints uh, from Chile that Ecuador fielded an ineligible player, Baron Castillo, in World Cup qualifying. Gab, this could shake everything up and send um, Chile to Qatar instead of Ecuador because they believe that he should not be playing for Ecuador, but yeah. that he was actually born in Colombia. So, yeah, so basically what they're asking for um, is it's, it's eight games that he played in. They, Basically, Ecuador forfeit those eight games. What that would mean is Ecuador would just basically drop out, not go to the World Cup, and Chile would actually leapfrog Peru yeah. as well, and get, get the automatic place. spot. Yeah. Um, it's such a weird story uh, because so this guy Byron Castillo, uh, officially his birth certificate, his registration <laughs> says that he was born in Ecuador. He certainly lived in Ecuador all his life. Uh, at least from when he was very, very young. Mm. Um, so you figure he's Ecuadorian. Now, um, Chile are saying, no, 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 no. He's using a fake birth certificate. He was actually born in Colombia. Three years, er three three years <laughs> earlier. And he's somebody else. Um, confusing this whole thing is that Byron, Castillo's, Byron Castillo had a brother who's now deceased, who's... <laughs> Who's, I should laugh. His yeah. name is also Byron, <laughs> but it's spelled differently. It's B-A-Y-R-O-N. Yeah. And his brother, weirdly, was born in Colombia. I don't think it should be that hard to work out. It seems to me that Byron Castillo was living in Ecuador from a very, very young age. Yeah. I'm assuming he was living there legally. If there was any question, if he, if he believed, oh, wait, I'm really Colombian... And, and also, he's played for the Ecuador like under seventeen team like back in twenty fifteen. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. presumably we've all it's been had a passport this, right? for a while. Yeah, yeah, it's not just now. So you naturalize him, right? The question is, did he get the? Was he naturalized illegally with a fake birth certificate? I don't know. But if That's Byron Castillo believes this is his real birth certificate, then to me it should seal the case. There isn't an attempt at deception or or anything like this. this isn't like when they go and. Uh, it's a, it's a really weird one. I don't know how you prove that Byron Castillo <laughs> is the other one. I don't know I if know. the I, other Byron Castillo has anything to do with it. Yeah, who's yeah. his brother, deceased <laughs> brother with the same name. Um, it's, it's, it's so odd. It's such a headache. It's as it's my crazy. friend, uh, Luis Echegaray, who's allowed to say this because he really is. He's Peruvian, really yeah. South American. He says, it's so comable, which it really is. <laughs> When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The 777 Group, who already have stakes in Genoa, Sevilla, and Vasco da Gama, and are working, I'm told, on uh, securing other clubs, have acquired Red Star Paris. And supposedly their fans don't like it. Yeah, and some of them. So, Jules, why are they annoyed? And also, it's weird nah. to me. I gotta go to this. Paris has three profession, three top professional clubs, right? Yeah. So, there's Paris FC. Who are uh, have they been promoted or are they they fighting no, for they're promotion? In the second division, yeah, fighting for promotion. And then there's Paris Saint Germain, who's technically FC Paris Saint Germain, and who a bunch of people, including the Champions League rights holders in my country and stuff, when PSG play, they just write FC Paris. Which so you've Paris FC and FC Paris. Does anybody call them FC Paris? No, no one. Nobody. No one. Okay. You can say Paris so please stop want, it, my yeah. countrymen. Stop it. Um, I think that some of the fans, Restar, who's one of the you know historical club in France, who used to be very good and now in the third division, but really trying to get so back. So when were they really good? They won the French Cup. But I, you know, we talk. Like long, long time ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like even 20s. before Matra racing and yeah, all this other yeah, nonsense. Yeah, all of that. Okay. So a long time ago, but still, it's a it's a great part of. It's in Saint Ouen. It's a, the the spirit is great. The history is great. All of that. They just feel that maybe the new owners don't really feel that heritage and. You, you can because they're an investment fund from Miami. Yeah, maybe you can understand it. It's not because you're not from the area or you didn't grow, grow up in the council estate by the Stade Boer that you can't feel the heritage and be interested in it and wants to, you know, to, to, to continue it, for, for instance. So let's see. But uh, Adad, who's the president right now, who, who owned the club before, who sold it, will still remain in charge. People at the club will still be there. Some have been there for a very long time. They've got great grassroots teams. This is one of the, the biggest feeder clubs in, in the Paris region. So, you know, I really hope uh, and, you know, I know like you, a few people who are involved in this, that this is going to be positive and, and they need something at Red Star because really it's a, maybe it's a bit too strong to say they, they're like a sleeping giant, but they're not far from it. It's a really big club. You mentioned the council states near the stadium. That's is public housing. Um, there's obviously yeah. a lot of it near the Stade de France. Yeah. From what I could tell, and you know the area far better than I do, there's none of it near the Parc de Prince. No, no. Is no. that by design? It's not by design. It's uh, by... Uh, uh, you guys really status. are the blue bloods, even yeah, yeah. before the Qataris. Okay, exactly. Yeah, just, exactly. just checking on that. Exactly. Don't forget that Daniel Echter is you know, one of the founders of PSG. So, you know... Uh, there are rumors, Gab, that UEFA and DC are considering a 14 preseason tournament. Is that another money spinner? Go back to what I said earlier. Like a preseason kind of. It's, uh, yeah, it would be pretty. Let's invite maybe the, the four semi finalists. Let's play in Asia or in the US. UEFA branding, UEFA logo. Let's sell the rights to it. Let's bring in some more cash. Yeah. And look. Uh, I, I don't want to sound like a shill here, but the cash that they bring in, it comes in the door, it goes out the door, and it goes right back to the clubs. Yeah. Because the clubs are obsessed with growing revenue. If you want to be sustainable, you either grow revenue or you cut costs. Mm -hmm. Cutting costs is difficult to do of your own volition. Yeah. It's hard to find rules because then you have certain clubs who find certain related party sponsors. I'm not going to name any names, but you know who I'm talking you know. about, don't you? Um, <laughs> so I, I don't blame them for doing this. Do I think that's going to be a success? It's basically would replace like the ICC and yeah, the other exactly. types of tournaments like that or, that we have. or, or, or Maybe not replace it, but yeah. Be, it would uh, compete with them. Yeah, compete with them. I would just say preseason tournament, 
I hate to say it because we might buy the rights of this, but... I love them. I think, absolutely love them. Okay, you There's no other the, football in July. I but, sit there and watch Serbs playing in 25 substitutions in the game. I love it. Yeah, you get excited. Simons comes on for Paris exactly. Saint-Germain and stuff exactly. like that. Look, it's just a completely different vibe. Yeah. I think, and actually, to be fair, I think the ICC's done a good job at this. When they go to the US and they go and, and sell these, these tournaments and these matches, they know fans aren't stupid. And the same thing's the same in Asia. They know it's not necessarily real Real Madrid Madrid. they know people just been back in training you can still get tremendous games there was a there was a I remember I was at the Classico they played in Miami as part of the ICC a few years ago that was great I remember watching Barcelona play Juventus in New York there was there was the Real Madrid Atletico game where I think Atletico won like 6-1 or something there was one with 100,000 fans or something that was uh, that that was in in Michigan um, at the the University of Michigan Stadium which of course is like like the size of a planet Um, it's a different vibe it's a way to push the brand and stuff and it's about making money yeah uh, but you know, when you say greedy UEFA, yeah, maybe they're being greedy, but it's the clubs, it's the clubs who want this, yeah. and it's the clubs who do this. Yeah, Jules, should we take another trip in the Peter Boss Fun Park? <laughs> Peter BS, Marcelo, yeah, has had his contract terminated. Yeah. I'm sure Peter Boss is a very valid reason. Yeah, that was back in January, and we know now why because he emerged uh, earlier this week, and we wrote a story that went massive on the website. Marcelo was part, the biggest part of why he, the contract was terminated and they didn't want him at the club because he kept farting in the dressing room and then laughing his head off afterwards without apologizing. In front of Juninho, in front of Peter Boss. Uh, Juninho I, looks like he'd find farts funny. He's, no, I, 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 I've had lunch the guy's 35 years old and he still loves a farts. I mean, come on. It is objectively funny if you're standing in front of Peter Boss. And you, Not really. No? And it's a lack of respect. Uh, but maybe the, the, the most baffling in this story, Gab, is that Juninho, who has also left Lyon uh, halfway through the season, a bit like Marcelo, <laughs> responded to the story, like validating the story almost on Twitter and, and responding to it and saying, you see, Marcelo, I told you, when you fart, you ha- they have to be loud, but they also have to smell, and yours were only loud. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> like, I'm like, wow. The Peter B.S. world is clearly, as we've been saying all along, very, very special world. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah, big news in the world of gaming um, because between FIFA and eSport, there will be a change from next season. Yeah, uh, obviously the, uh, the, the FIFA uh, computer simulation game that um, you know, people who didn't even like football, they used to say, oh, let's go play FIFA. You know, they would play FIFA because yeah. it was exciting. Um, that's come to an end. FIFA demanding, uh, reportedly, they, were, they wanted twice as much money uh, as before. Uh, EA Sports says, no, we'll go do our own thing. I think the brand is established enough. They'll still have access to the players yeah. because they have yeah, the, the licenses so. of the players because they have licensing agreements with, uh, with with a lot of clubs and leagues. Yeah. They just won't be able to call the game FIFA and they won't be able to have a World Cup edition. Uh, FIFA have said, they're rather than going with just one partner, they're going to go with multiple partners and so on. I don't know. I play the game occasionally. It's not a big part of my life. I know it's a big part. Is it a big part of your life? Of my children's life, yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, I'll be curious to see what they can come up with, whether they come up with something better. Other partners will no doubt be pitching them. Um, So we could have a FIFA game, but not the eSport one, which we call something else. Oh, we're going to have to call it something else. Yeah, maybe you can spell FIFA differently. I don't know. I don't know how they're going to get around this. 
Nice have apologized after some of their supporters sang tasteless and offensive songs about um, the late Emiliano Sala uh, in uh, last night's game against uh, uh, Saint-Étienne. Yeah. Uh, Jules, we don't need this. No, Gab, we don't. It was disgusting. It's disgusting. I'll spare you the, the words and everything. Uh, I, you can imagine what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Completely. Uh, related to, obviously, his, his death in the, uh, in the, um, the plane, plane crash. crash. It's just, I thought Galtier did really well, the manager, Denise manager straight after. He said, you know what, those people can stay at home. We don't want them in here. Yeah. We don't want them in the stadium. And it's not the first time that Denise Ultras have done some stupid things, but this has to be one of the stupidest ever. Gab, you must be so happy because the Wagata Christie trial is on the way and it's pretty good. Rebecca Vardy against Colin Rooney is on the way and it's, it's big. Already. The only thing that already I, is big. I, that's been disappointing to me about this trial is that I have to follow it via Twitter. There's a guy named Jim Watterson. He's the media <laughs> critic from The Guardian. He's, he's, he like basically live tweets the trial. Um, I recommend you follow him if you're as fascinated by this as I am. Uh, personally, <laughs> I think times are tough. They should have put this on pay-per-view so that people like myself could sit and watch it all day. I, yeah, I, I mean, I would pay. It. I would pay anything. They but, um, but no, like Wayne Rooney was there. Jamie Vardy could be called to testify. Um, one thing that we learned is that Rebecca Vardy, you know, she was asked. Uh, I mean, it, it's, it's already veering off in so many different directions. But <laughs> on a serious note. Yeah. This is Rebecca Vardy taking, making the case against Wayne Rooney, saying she was defamed when Colin Rooney. Yeah. Uh, sorry, uh, Colin Rooney when she said the whole like it's Rebecca Vardy thing, because she's going to argue that it wasn't her and it wasn't with her knowledge. Yeah. Um, and from what I've been told, it's entirely possible that she can that, that she can win this. Basically, they have to prove that Rebecca Vardy was aware of what was happening. But already it's quite clear that she's given a lot of stories to the son via her... Yes, her, including stories her, about the manhood of her ex-boyfriend as well yeah. Um, yeah. and other stuff like that. So whatever, if you're into this stuff, sometimes it's a welcome diversion at the end of a long season. <laughs> Jules, we got to come back on Monday. Yeah. Premier League race, Serie A race, so oh, much going that. on. Until then, love the game, love your neighbour, love your son.